This is Liz. And this is Sharon. And you're listening to Unrefined She. The well-being podcast for women like you who want to explore your health, claim your space, question norms, and live your best lives. Hosted weekly by entrepreneurs and women's health experts, Liz Winters and Sharon Bailey. As always, please keep in mind that the information shared on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. And now, let's dive in. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Packed Apparel. Now, I love Packed. If you haven't heard of them, they are on a mission to become Earth's favorite clothing company, and they are definitely one of mine. I am currently cozied up in my favorite packed sweatshirt. It is so comfy and so wonderful. I swear by their maternity nursing tank tops, as well as their maternity undies, things you didn't even know you needed maternity underwear, right? Well, packed has got you covered. They have organic cotton, cozy clothes for women, men, baby kids. They even have sheets and towels. Y'all it's amazing. And it's about more than just cozy, awesome clothes. They're really taking care of their workers by partnering with fair trade certified factories to ensure they're both caring for people and for planet. They provide carbon offset shipping and really thoughtful packaging to reduce and minimize that life cycle footprint. Now, they're also being incredibly generous to our unrefined she community and offering a discount code for your very first purchase so you can get 20% off at wearpacked.com with the code unrefined20. That's wearpacked w e a r p a c t.com with code unrefined20. Welcome to the show everyone. Hi Liz. <gasps> that was like such an NPR start, Sharon. <laughs> You're I've listening been working to Morning Edition. Voice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm not going to be able to follow that. I just, okay. Episode's done. I'm going to go now. Done. Coffee done. cheers. 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 Um, we're having another coffee date this morning because. We love these. Yes. I have to tell you, I, so Sharon and I meet bright and early, like at six o'clock in the morning, my time on Wednesdays and we do pods, our podcast date. And we just recently went through and like redid how we are approaching like these podcast dates. And I have to tell you the ones where we like hit record on our conversation. It's just, I look forward to them because I just get to sit back and I'm like, oh, we just get to talk. We just get to talk. It's so nice. And bring y'all with us. Yeah. And we've got some fun listener questions to talk about today. And I think, I I think of these like coffee chats as just an opportunity to talk more about what's cooking in our kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and also like you interview all these cool people. I interview all these cool people, yeah. but we don't get to interview the, you know, like, so this way you and I can dish about what we've talked about and totally also answer your listener questions out there. You can do that. Y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some of you get it. Some of you, I know you're thinking, oh goodness, uh, but what's cooking oh. in your kitchen? I'm going to throw it to you first. Yeah. Throw it to me. Um, what is cooking in my kitchen? Well, <laughs> I cooked a pork butt, made seven pounds pork butt. of <laughs> pork butt, made seven pounds of pulled pork this week. That's a lot of pulled pork. It's a lot. It's that butcher box. They're like, oh, here's yeah. your seven pound pork butt. I'm like, well, there's only three of us and one of one of us is four. So <laughs> got a lot in the freezer. Uh, that is what is cooking in my actual kitchen. I've got a lot of stuff cooking in my biz kitchen. Yeah. Tell me about it. 
Oh man. Um, well, I just started meeting with my business coach, my brand new business coach. I mean, Woo-hoo. she's not brand new. I'm brand new to her. <laughs> Shay Keats. <laughs> we love her so much. And it's been super helpful. I'm just getting really clear on where I'm taking my business and I'm building this program called the four rhythms and, uh, and what I'm going to do with it. And so I'm just, I'm cooking it. It's slow simmering right now. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. I like that we keep the food analogies going. Oh yeah. Will you tell us about your moon glow guide? Cause I don't think you've talked about it on the show. No. And it's so cool. I just shared it to our, I shared it to our Instagram. (laughs) I was like, have you checked this out? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We'll link it in the bio too, um, of the, on Instagram and then put it in the show notes. Yeah. So I made this moon glow guide, um, and it essentially is kind of like a beginner's guide of how to utilize the lunar cycle for, you know, just harnessing the like emotional rhythms that come with the moon and energetic rhythms and just kind of everything along those lines, like really looking at the lunar cycle and then taking that and applying it to like your ebbs and flows, you know, you think about the moon pulls the tides while it pulls us too. I mean, we're made of how much water, (laughs) you know, so it has a big effect on us. And, um, so I made this guide and it's like, 10 pages long. It has a, um, 2021, like the four main phases of the moon for each month. Um, although I'm looking at it right now, July has, uh, five. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so it's really cute. You can print it out, put it up in your office, your home, wherever, and then kind of pay attention to what's how you're feeling on the full moon, how you're feeling on the new moon. And if you're, you know, somebody who menstruates, you can also like look at both of those together. So, um, in fact, I'll, I'll talk about this other, I started using this app called Stardust. Mm. Um, and it is, it tracks menstrual and lunar cycles. So you can (laughs) look at them all together and yeah. And it lays out where you're, where like it's not your exact hormone fluctuations are happening, but kind of the like guide of what is happening in the the standard menstruator hormone the fluctuations. Standard menstruator. <laughs> so you could see them all together, and that's been super helpful. So, um, so if you're curious, kind of what that looks like, go download my guide and then check out the Stardust app and just start taking data on yourself. I mean, it's like, like you were talking about in Lucia's episode of just like, when you start taking data on yourself, like you just learn so much. And it also like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to bust into that conversation yet. Although I just listened to that episode and I'm like, I have so many things I want to say about what she said. It was such a good episode. It was so good. Uh, But anyway, yeah. So that's, that's my moon guide in a nutshell. I love that so much. I want you to come into Badass Birthers Club and teach a workshop on that. I would love to. Perfect. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, oh, I am teaching, um, this will come out right before the workshop. Uh, I'm teaching a workshop on the Four Rhythms, a masterclass uh, on March 20th. <gasps> cool. Um, yeah. And I'm partnering up with my yoga studio. So it's this Glow Ohana yoga or partnership. And so I'm teaching the Four Rhythms. It's going to be 90 minutes. Um, my favorite yoga teacher and the, the owner of the studio is also doing a meditation. So it's going to be a really cool. That's going to be um, such a good workshop. Yeah, it's going to be so badass. I'm like freaking pumped. And it's like, um, 
a blueprint for something I'm going to move forward with. So, cool. so yeah, partnerships are my jam. I'm like, yes. if you got a group, I want to teach them. <laughs> right. Yep. Here for it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. good. Um, I want to check out the Stardust app. I also started, uh, well, my period came back for anybody that wants to know. Yay. Yay. I know. I text, I text Sharon. <laughs> I like ran out and I looked at Shane and I was like, my period's back. And he had the perfect response. He went, oh, that's great. I was like, oh, you are paying attention. Good yes. job. <laughs> but then I immediately also sent you a boxer. <laughs> it's like, this is happening. So and I was taking, like, I used the temp drop, um, and their app sucks, but it reads into a lot of other apps. And so I, I mean, I love temp drop, but their app is terrible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I was using this app called read your body and it also has the lunar cycle in there. And I love that it has that in there because especially when I was pregnant, I was kind of obsessed with like when the full moons were and mm-hmm. cause I was fairly convinced that I was going to deliver on a full moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aren't <laughs> we didn't. all? I didn't. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> In fact, Vox was born on a new moon and I was yeah. totally convinced that he was going to be born on a full moon. <laughs> You're like, damn it. I had a plan here. Yeah. I had a plan. Edie was born on a full moon, but anyway, um, that's the thing. That's where I got that. I was like, well, this happened with Edith. So obviously this will happen with all of my other pregnancies. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Cause Edie is two weeks older than Fox. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's how that works. That That is how that works. Oh my gosh. I forget that they are so close. So close. Anyway, I really like that the lunar cycle is in there and Mm -hmm. I think it's so helpful for like postpartum before your cycle comes back because you can start to pay attention. Like you're talking about to those ebbs and flows and energy and all of that. Yeah. Well, and in my, my perimenopausal transition, that's like really, I was like, is it not? It is. Is it not? It is. Um, It is. I am definitely like fully in perimenopause and watching my, um, my rhythm kind of, I mean, it's totally shifting. And so leaning more into the lunar cycle has been really helpful because my periods aren't as strong of an indicator as they used to be. Um, The, like the, the tough stuff is heightened. (laughs) Yay. Uh, So, so yeah, I've been kind of leaning more into the lunar, lunar cycle for that too. So cool. And I like, we're going to have an episode on perimenopause, right? Oh yeah. We're actually going to have two. Um, so I just, I had just interviewed Jess Adams and, um, of Jess Adams wellness and her interview will air in the spring. And then I am interviewing, um, Dr. Joyelle Ballard, I, th- I believe is her last name. And I apologize. I should, I'm so bad with names, <laughs> <laughs> especially with my perimenopause brain fog. That's what I'm going to blame it on. Um, anyway, she is also, uh, focuses on perimenopause and menopause. So I'm really excited to interview her and that's coming up. I think I interview her in a couple of weeks. So we'll start rolling out episodes on that because that's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I'm like, totally. I want to use this platform to interview people so I can answer my <laughs> questions about what's going on with my body. <laughs> but I think that captures like so much of what's happening with our community. Like it, mm-hmm. this is in perimenopause. If correct me if I'm wrong, cause I, this is not something that I have really delved into in research or learning. And, um, like it can, it's not like it's like a year. It's not like it's, it's like puberty. It's like several years. It's, and it, it is. Yeah. We yeah. think, I think we think of like puberty and, pe- and menopause as these like, like, like your cycle starting, right? It's like, oh, uh-huh. today that happens today. I'm in menopause yesterday. I wasn't. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's a it's- man just breaks it down so well, but, um, like the long and the short of it is like, 
in, you have to look at it like a, a cycle throughout life, right? So, mm. so puberty and then into like your um, reproductive years and then perimenopause is like the, the phasing out essentially mm-hmm. of your reproductive years. And then you, ha- you hit menopause, which actually is just a day. Um, I was just reading about this, like one, there was perimenopause wasn't an actual thing, like a designated term until like 1996. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's why people don't, they're like, what the hell even is that? And so perimenopause is, is from like the average age is 40 to 50 and it can last for like 10 to 12 years, but it can start earlier than that. Like hi, I'm 38. Uh, we're actually starting to see more people go through it at an earlier age. And it just, um, it's like slowly your body is, you know, easing out of, um, you know, it's reproductive life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, you can still get pregnant during perimenopause. <laughs> but, Fair warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but menopause is the marker of the day and now We'll we'll see if I'm gonna actually like fact check this with our doctor when she comes on, but um, Dr. Toyel when she comes on, but like when menopause is the day after a full twelve months of no period, and then everything after that is postmenopause. Huh. Which uh, Jess Adams talked about it as your second spring, which Ooh. I love that, and I was yeah, like, you and your cool. seasons, <laughs> yeah, I was like, get me to the spring. <laughs> Also, not yet, because I don't want to be 50 yet. Uh, I'm not even 40. (laughs) Do you, is there a reason why we're seeing people go through perimenopause at an earlier age? Like you were saying, like we're seeing that trend downwards. Have you asked that? I haven't, and I will. I will. I mean, my speculation is, you know, like I started my period early and I think that Mm -hmm. has to do with like, um, endocrine disruptors, you know, like hormones and milk. Like I drink like three cups of milk a day. That was like our standard thing. And it was just, you know, like all these hormone laden, uh, milk products. Um, but just like, you know, our bodies being bombarded why we're Mm -hmm. starting to see young girls start their periods early. I feel like it's probably the same when it comes to menopause and at the, you know, we all have a certain number of eggs and then that's it. Bye. Bye. So, so I don't that's know. Kind that's of terrifying all, if you say it like that. I, well, that's oh all speculation. God. I know. Yeah, I know. This is why I, I'm not a medical professional because my bedside manner is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just roll Frank. Well, I'm honey, Frank, that's, girl. that's just the last of the eggs. And you're like, that's Fuck it. You. Eggs are gone. <laughs> but if you think about like starting, if me starting at nine, it makes sense that I, you know, it's like if I've, been having periods from such a young age. And Mm -hmm. I also wasn't on, um, I was on an IUD for a couple of years, but I wasn't on birth control. So it wasn't like my periods were interrupted or anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. Like my body's just been kind of going through its thing. So I don't know. I will save that question for Dr. (laughs) Joyelle because (laughs) she's the expert. (laughs) Perfect. Anyway, what's cooking in your kitchen? (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. So, so many things. Uh, the, the big update that I know everyone has been waiting for. I have kitchen counters. Yeah, you do. <laughs> they went in this week and they're so pretty and I'm so excited. Um, do you follow the daily Tay on Instagram? No. Okay. Well, she's hilarious. She's a writer, but also I think a comedian of some sort, and she's probably in our age range and has a young kid. 
but she does these like spoof videos of like influencers checking out the house. And sometimes when I talk about the kitchen, I feel like I'm being that asshole. And I, I hope that I'm not, but she's like, let me give you a sneak peek. Boom. And it's like a picture of an NBA court. Like it's go check her out. She's hilarious. Her reels are so funny. <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh, the kitchen counters went in like, it just seems like so dumb, but also this is what's happening in our life. And it's really exciting. And our stove is in the kitchen. Like we have water in the kitchen. This is just, we're living our best lives. Amazing. Yes. All it takes is a flat surface. <laughs> <laughs> like my poor dining room table will never recover from the last four months of being used as a countertop. But oh yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So lots of things will start cooking in our kitchen. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Very excited for all the the foods to be made in the oven. <laughs> the foods, making the foods, the foods be made in the oven, and to not use our toaster oven for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give that instant pot a rest. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, I feel like winter. It's I don't know. Maybe you experience this. Maybe not. But I feel like in winter I get so stuck in what I cook. Mm. Like it's like soup or things are roasted. Right. <laughs> like, or yeah. fried in the cast iron or whatever. And it's like, I'm just so ready for new flavors. But I can totally. only imagine just being so limited in the cooking appliances that you have. We, we've got a pretty slick setup, but I think what drives me nuts is the inability to run multiple appliances at once because the way we've got the electrical laid out. So mm. like we have a great little induction burner and so I can cook things on like a little stovetop. I've got the instant pot so I can make whatever you make in the instant pot at this point. And I've got the like toaster oven, but it's really hard to run all three at the same time. Or if I have like two things that I want, if I want to roast chicken thighs and broccoli, I have to do them separately Ah, oh. because there isn't enough room. Right. And so it's just right. one of those like, okay, how do I time management and keeping things warm and all of that becomes a real struggle. And so we're like, okay, we can use the protein here but if we're doing protein here then the veg has to be over here and it's just a lot of planning mm. so silly mm. so i'm excited to not do that anymore <laughs> mm. all right i have to be truthful here yeah we have two ovens <sighs> how's that life for rats Bougie. that we <laughs> It is. When we moved in this house, I was like, two, what the hell do you even do with two ovens? Cause so many things. So many yeah. things. I mean, I've lived in houses without ovens, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. too funny. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the things when we were doing the kitchen, we are thinking about like, oh, should we just put in double wall ovens? And we're like, nah, like how often are we actually going to use that? And it's like really expensive, not in our budget. Right. Totally should have done it. Mm. <laughs> It does come in handy, but every time I use them, I'm like, should I turn the second oven on? Is that bougie? <laughs> Is that like I'm thing? judging myself. <laughs> You're like, it's not Thanksgiving. I don't need to cook a turkey and this. Totally. <laughs> That's all I could think I would use it for. But now, now that I've lived my life. <laughs> now that you've lived it. your life. Now that I've I lived mean, my life. Yeah. Period. Sometimes you need to like, you know, roast broccoli and bake salmon. That's two different oh my God. temperatures. Yes. <laughs> Totally. Totally. Oh, shit. So that's what's cooking in my physical kitchen. In the biz kitchen, I'm like so pumped. Badass Birthers Club has officially launched. Woohoo! We're in like full Yay. open come hang out with us mode and it feels so good. Feels so good. 
Mm-hmm. And we've got like such an awesome, awesome community of people in there. And I just, I feel like I've had this big shift in my business in the last year where I'm like, oh, this is what I want to be doing. And this is where I want to be. Cause I've had like little pieces of it. I'm like, I really like this. And I like this thing over here. And it's finally like BBC as we call it, which can get confusing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I have a call with BBC and you're like, wait, what? (laughs) Not the broadcast company. Not the, no, no. One day, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, It's just been so amazing to, to have this community where people can show up and like talk about the good, the bad and the everything in between and really find a way that makes parenthood and pregnancy and this like really critical transition period. That's like, that's kind of what I look at as like pregnancy into those first like few years that early parenting is like this critical transition period and have it feel aligned and supported. And like, you don't have to compromise and you do have to compromise, but you get to choose how you compromise. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the important distinction there. It's not like, cause we talk a lot about, you can totally have all the things you can have the career. You can have a really joyful marriage. You can, you know, totally love being, being a parent and love your kids and also be this independent person. There are going to be points in this critical period that you don't get to do all of those things at the same time. And we also have to take into consideration like reality when we're approaching these things. So how can we make all of these things happen in a way that isn't going to totally burn you out or make you feel like you're living a lie? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Just thinking about all the conversations at the playground I've had with other moms. So I'm like, look, we're trying to do this thing, trying to figure out how to navigate it with the kid, you know, work life Mm -hmm. balance, all that shit. And just to have a group of people who you can like talk to you about integrating a new human into the life, into your life and like how to deal. That's huge. Yeah. And it's like, we don't have to live in this apathy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's where a lot of us, even when we talk about like physical symptoms, postpartum, we're like, well, that's just how it is. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. And there are so like, I'll I'll be the first to check my privilege at the door, right? Like middle-class white woman telling you, you can have it all. Like that's probably not going to resonate with a lot of people because there's a lot of privilege that goes with that. But we also take that into consideration when we're like setting you up in, in this program. So it's a lot of like, let's look at your specific real, like, what are you working with? Because mm-hmm. I'm working with different resources than a lot of women in my group that, or than like this person down the streets, you know, we all, we all come in with our own shit and we all come in with our own resources and it's really leaning into like, what are you going to do in your life with your circumstances to make this feel awesome? Cause you get one life, right? Like you don't, it doesn't have to feel shitty and it's okay right. to not like being a parent sometimes. Dude. That's a side note. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. (laughs) You can still love your kid and not like what you're doing. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I love my babies. I will have more. I love being a parent, but holy fuck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So BBC. Ah, That's awesome. Yeah. It feels really good. So we're going to make this like a, like a real big thing. It's going to be awesome. I'm like gesticulating big time over here. (laughs) My top knot is bouncing around (laughs) 
it's true i could see it and it's so true there's a lot of bouncing <laughs> there's a lot of well there's just like so much hair now god anyway mm-hmm. that's <laughs> girl i'm weird. so excited for you thank and you yeah i can see it it's just like blossoming out in all directions yes. it's great yay yay yeah so 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 good um what else should we answer some listener questions yeah but we should hear from our sponsor first we should uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> do 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 sponsor time sponsor time <laughs> Okay, she's, if you've been listening for a while, you know how much I love CBD. Stressed? Take some CBD. Sore muscles? CBD, of course. Liz and I personally use CBD in our daily lives and have seen CBD help our clients with pain, anxiety, period cramps, and more, which is why we are so happy to partner with our friends at Rock and Roots Farm. Rock and Roots is a family run farm and herbal medicine brand. John and Candace, owners and farmers at Rock and Roots, pride themselves on supporting the community and planet through regenerative agriculture, education programs, and affordable access to beyond organic produce, CBD, and herbal health products. We love Rock and Roots, and we know you will too. Shop their CBD and herbal products at www.rockinrootsfarm.com and select Unrefined She from the drop-down menu as your affiliate at checkout. How about those listener questions, huh? How about, can we, I, I have to go back. I think, like, I am so thankful for the folks that have chosen to partner with us because, like, I don't think people understand the the things that are involved to make a podcast happen. It's not just like Sharon and I showing up each week and like hitting record. Like, why do you need sponsors? And it was like, we have an incredible team of people that don't get to be on the mic every week that like make this show happen. And we like to pay them. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, that's how it helps us do retreats and do workshops and all these things. So really appreciate those people and companies who have chosen to partner with us because we've got some awesome folks. Absolutely. We yeah. really do. We have such a powerhouse team. Such a powerhouse team. Yeah. Okay. Listener questions. I'm sorry. I just, I was having some, I was in my, it was in my that. feelings. You're right. Yeah. Get in that out. my feelings. That's okay. Right. <laughs> We're going to start with a light one. <clears throat> What's your most memorable meal? Oh, I said, ask us anything. So we talk I about food a lot. I love that. Okay. My most memorable meal, the thing that comes up and it's an experience Mm. from being a kid. (gasps) Okay. From going to my grandparents' house. So my grandparents lived in a, in this tiny little town called LaGrange, you know, the ZZ top song Mm -hmm. is about my parents, my grandparents' (laughs) town. Okay. That's amazing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and we would go fishing in Mr. Lehman's catfish pond. This guy had a house built out of petrified wood. Okay. <laughs> like, what is your life? <laughs> I'm like, doesn't everybody have Mr. Lehman's catfish pond? So, anyway, so we go like fishing. It's like a children's book. <laughs> totally. It did feel like a children's book. Or a it was folk like, song. I had a very charmed childhood, and I think it got me prepared for my very rough, like, Oof. teenage life with my mom. But anyway, so we go catfishing. Then go back to my grandmother's house and, you know, they'd clean the catfish or whatever. And then she would fry the catfish and 
okra from her garden because she had this like epic garden and uh and make mashed potatoes and fried okra and fried catfish and if i could eat that again just once like i could probably die a happy woman so (laughs) that's what comes up to my in my mind is like this experience of like hearing her like frying the fish in the you know in the pan after spending all day just standing around this pond in hot freaking texas in the middle of the summer love that (laughs) yeah what about you well now you've got me thinking about like childhood like memorable things like that just like totally took me back too so i i'm gonna have two so childhood one that you just made me think of is i think of it as every fourth of july i don't think it was actually every fourth of july but I'm going to say every 4th of July, my mom would make this, um, like sorbet dish with, and she would make it look like a watermelon because she's magical. And so it would be like, she'd make this in a bowl and it would have like lime sherbet or sorbet or whatever on the outside. And then she would take raspberry sherbet and mix it with chocolate chips and then put it on the inside and freeze it. And it would look like a watermelon when you took a slice of it. Oh and my God, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? And yes. I just, when I think of 4th of July and I think of like hot summers, I think about eating that in the front lawn, watching my parents or my siblings do fireworks. And yeah, I just think that like that totally transported me back to like awesome summers. Oh, I <laughs> like, love so that. thank Wait, you for that. Absolutely. And can clarification question. Yeah. What is the difference between sorbet and sherbet? Fuck if I know. <laughs> um, I, sherbet. <laughs> And like sherbet, some people right. say. Right. I'm like, how do you even say that? <laughs> um, has dairy in it. Okay. But I don't understand the difference between sherbet and ice cream. So if anybody has these answers, maybe, Please we'll, tell us. maybe we'll report back next coffee chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I read that question, the first meal that actually popped into my head <laughs> was after my, and it was again more of an experience, after Edie was born. She was born at like 10, 15 at the hospital. They don't have food. And I don't Mm-mm. understand why they don't have food because people Mm-mm. are giving birth at all hours and you need to eat after birth. Mm-hmm. They don't have food. Um, they like found me a pudding cup, but I was so hungry. And my parents drove down to Portland and met us at the hospital. And I was like, I'm so hungry. And the only thing that's open in the middle of the night in the suburbs is fast food. And so they went to Jack in the Box and they brought me back a chocolate milkshake and a teriyaki chicken bowl. And it is still to this day one of the best tasting meals I have ever had in my entire life. And I will never actually eat that again, right? Like, this is not something that right. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to go get that teriyaki bowl from Jack in the Box. Um, I'm sure it's probably terrible. But because of, like, all the adrenaline and endorphins and all the things of the moment, like that was the greatest meal I've ever had in my life. And I still talk to it, talk about it. And she's almost five years old. (laughs) I talk to it. Yes. I still talk to it. Talk about it. She's almost five. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Also our babies are almost five. Yeah. Okay. Holy feelings. Yeah. It's amazing. Like when you do something so epic, like give birth or, you know, climb a mountain or whatever. Give birth. (laughs) Just like a give birth. Basically, like the most epic thing you can do. Um, How like eating those kinds of foods, like I was just thinking about like when I hiked our mountain in this fall 
And I got to the top and I used to be like a big Snickers eater when mm-hmm. I was like younger. And my friend that I hiked with brought a Snickers up to the top. And she's like, look, I brought these Snickers bars. And I was like, holy shit. Give me and that. I'm standing on top of this mountain eating a Snickers bar. It was so good. It's the best Snickers bar you've ever had. Best fucking Snickers bar I've ever had. Yes. So I can really hear where you're coming from on that teriyaki bowl. Because that sounds gross. But I bet it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And I was like, wow, I'm eating a lot of fast food. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no way. You earned that. Don't even care. <laughs> don't even care. Should we do another one? Yeah. We have, we have that was fun. Um, how'd you meet your partner? Oh, boy. Okay. This is good. So I moved to Paonia by accident. Uh, if you oh, want to hear right. the full story, you can go listen to episode 59. I laid it out. I talked for like an hour straight about this. I love that you know exactly what episode that is, like without missing a beat. <laughs> well, it's the first time I was on the show. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, I was there, but I don't remember the episode number. Anyway. Uh, well, it was significant for me because I really was like wanting to do a podcast yeah. for so long. So yeah, it was like, okay, I've been building this one up. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Episode 59, way back. Um, So I moved to Paonia in 2013, and um, and this is, like, important. (laughs) I know it sounds like I'm going on a side tangent, but that's a side tangent. Anyway, moved to Paonia in 2013, was on my way to Portland, Oregon. Uh, Didn't make it, clearly. Um, And I was told, you know, one of the hardest things you can do here is try to find a job. Well, I got a job in like two days and at this coffee shop and I was like, ha I can make it here. <laughs> like side note, it's actually easy to find a job like that here, but <laughs> it's hard to find a jobby job. Jobby so job. jobby job. So I'm working at this coffee shop and there's this like hippie that's always on the purple couch always like I'm like does this guy have a job he's got a dreadlock mullet like what's up with that um you know he's just always drinking coffee he's real sweet and he just keeps showing up and lingering over my (laughs) shifts he's just there more and more and he's got this really nice smile but I'm like I cannot date another hippie like I I like lived in Austin for years like that was that's what you did in Austin (laughs) it ran its course right um And so then one day I was at our local brewery and walked past him. He was like sitting by himself reading like he did at the coffee shop. I was like, oh, he just goes from coffee to beer. Same thing. (laughs) And uh, and he looked up and he smiled at me and I was like, God damn it. There's something about this guy. And it was his eyes and the way he smiled at me. And I was like, another hippie. So, the, I mean, and this was like the first month I lived here. And wow. uh, and so then we like hung out. And the first time I sat next to him. Okay, this is this is deep, y'all. The first time we hung out, we sat. I lived at this place that was like right by our like main river that flows um, by town. And we were sitting next to the river. And I was just like, I had gotten out of this relationship where I had like been pregnant and had a miscarriage. And so like, I just had baby on the brain so hard. And I like looked at this guy and I was just like, you are going to be the father of my kid. And and he thought the same thing. And then that was it. And then we had a really rocky relationship. (laughs) 
I mean, all relationships are rocky, right? Like, yeah, it was like pretty, pretty immediate. It was like rocky. But anyway, Mm -hmm. we worked through all of our shit and we're still working through all of our shit. But that's how we met. It was like he was the guy on the couch at the coffee shop. He was lurking. Dreadlock mullet. (laughs) Oh, my God. He had a dreadlock mullet. He was living on the floor of a bus in 7000 feet uh, in the wilderness. Oh, my God. And he I'm telling you, he Colorado hippies are intense. He used to bathe in a stream. I'm not going to lie. He used to bathe oh, in a stream. He's a mountain man. He's not a hippie. He's a mountain man. He's a full on mountain man. He can, <laughs> he can, <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> yes, he is. He is a full on mountain man. So, so, and then he, at one point, oh, for, th- uh, for Thanksgiving, for Valentine's Day, the first year, he handed me a handful of his wet dreadlocks that he had cut off when he was in the shower. It was so disgusting. And, but it was literally like a just big, made me gag. I know. So it made me gag too. I was like, are you serious? He made me close my eyes and he put them in my hand and I was like, what is this? And I looked at, I was like, Oh my God. And he, <laughs> he was like, it was like a real big thing for him because those like that had meant a lot. And I had just been ragging on his dreadlocks forever. And, and then I met his grandpa and he was like, I want to shake the hand of the woman that got this guy to cut his hair. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, that's that. Anyway, Amazing. how about you? <laughs> um we worked together at the university mm. and so i started working there i was <laughs> was real young <laughs> workplace romance well yeah so i started this was like my first like my first like real like legit grown-up job after college i had worked at a couple other places but this was like i had a contract and a salary and benefits like oh my god and um, I worked for events and operations, and he worked with the food service, like running all of the concessions for the sports games and events and like all of the food for that. And so there was a lot of time where like I was at a soccer game, like making sure like the VIP event was going and he was there making sure that the VIP event was fed and we had to work together a lot. And so we just started chatting a lot. And actually, it's funny, like the first time that I saw him, I was like, not fresh out of a like long-term like I was, I was kind of kind of fresh out of a longer relationship so like I had like come out of dating my like college boyfriend and we dated a little bit after college and we broke up and I like kind of dated around that summer I was living my best 23 year old life mm-hmm. and I was like oh yeah I'll probably date him like for like yeah okay whatever and um <laughs> then we just started we we would, we had each other's phone numbers just for like work stuff. And, um, I was texting him over the 4th of July, like asking, he was like, are you working at this event? And, um, he's like, no, no, no. And we just started chatting and I wasn't even in town and we just kept talking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, like very much not about work stuff. And I was like, I think I'm going to come back to Portland early. And we went on our first date and I just never left. And now yes. we're married with babies. <laughs> oh my god! At twenty three, I so I guess I just turned twenty four. Yeah, and like so when we like were on our first date, which was like us eating Thai food at his house. It was not anything like super. Cute. It was actually perfect for me. Yes. Um, and because it's not like the pressure of like going out, right? Like I knew him. I didn't need to be like I'm concerned about going to your house. But I went to his house and I was greeted by. Uh, five dogs because his roommate had a lot of dogs. One of them being an Irish wolfhound that weighed 185 pounds. 
Oh my god. <laughs> That's not a dog. That's like no. <laughs> it's a muppet. It's a muppet. Merlin was the greatest dog in the whole world. And so yeah, we were talking on our on our like we were hanging out and talking and we didn't know how old the other each other was. Like we were. And so I was like, I think he's like 31, maybe maybe 30, I don't know. And he's like, I'm pretty sure Billy said she was like 27. And so I was 24 and he was 35. Nice. <laughs> I was like, yes. oh, I'm really glad we didn't know this before we, we hung out and decided that we really, yeah. really liked each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was real sweet. And yeah, it was just like one of those people where like we talked about really like deep things. It was very clear, like from the first moment that we weren't there to like, just fuck around. I mean, not literally, sorry, that was like graphic, but you know, like we weren't, we weren't like, (laughs) it's not what I meant, but like we were at a point where we were not just like there to be casual, like, Mm -hmm. and like he made that really clear. He's like, I'm looking for like a partner and I want to have kids. And I was like, I want a partner and I want to have kids. And it didn't feel scary. Whereas, like, if you were to talk about some with somebody on that, like, within the first month of dating them, they'd be like, okay, bye. <laughs> Especially if they were the same age as you. you yeah. Know? So it was yeah. just one of those, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, we were, this is very much like what we're both ready for at this point. Nice. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, there's a point, there was an episode you and I were recording, and like, at one point, you said, like, Shane's age came up, and I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second. I was like, oh, he's like 10 years older than you. Yeah, he's 11, 11 and a half years older than me, almost exactly. So amazing. But you wouldn't. Ryan's like, almost, or Ryan's like, five and a half years younger than me. Oh my gosh, how funny. Which has been interesting, like dating somebody or being with someone. Now we're married. We've been married for almost three years with dating. Um, <laughs> but like being with somebody, the, the, difference five years like can make for like pop culture references oh well it's, it's like the, the generational thing like you see like millennials and gen x and then like the crossover with the gen x millennial is a zennial but then also the millennial gen z is a zennial but it's just uh-huh. a z or an x sorry anyway. <laughs> i've been spending a lot of time on reels instagram watching shit <laughs> oh, you were saying something <laughs> Uh, it wasn't of any substance. What's the next question? I love that story. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, well, I think this is this one. I saved it for last for a reason because I think it's going to loop us back to last week's episode. Ooh, yeah. um, and basically they were asking, you know, you just did this question, this interview about empowered weight loss or fat loss. And what are your thoughts on the intuitive fasting book that just came out? And I have a lot of feelings about the intuitive fasting book that came out. Have you heard of this book that came out? I have not. Okay. So it's a Gwyneth Paltrow atrocity. Um, Oh, Lord. Yeah. So they've gooped it. And so when I initially heard the title, I was like, intuitive fasting. Okay. That that makes sense. Like we intuitively fast every day. You do. You fast between meals. Mm -hmm. You fast at night. Like that's fasting is not, fasting is not an issue. It's something that we are supposed to do right like but the way that this I have not read the book I am totally judging a book by its cover and like the excerpt and the bullshit that leads with it but I think I think the book is probably really harmful and it turns it into this like kind of diet culture ignore your body 
ignore its cues, etc. That does not mean that fasting in a more regimented way is not a great tool for some people. Just like we look at any kind of diet as a tool, I think that is an important shift to have. So if you think about keto, keto might be a lifestyle for some people, but for most people, it's like a tool. Like unless you're like diabetic or have, you know, um, epilepsy where keto like really needs to be more of a lifestyle. The autoimmune protocol diet, that's another tool. Even I would, I would argue that like a vegan diet can be a great tool. I don't think it's a sustainable lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so fasting can be another tool in your toolbox to learn about your body, reset some things, but it can also needs to be under some like really good guidance, especially if you're coming from a space of disordered eating. And so Mm -hmm. this book came out and the launch of it came out during like national disordered eating awareness week. I'm not actually sure what the actual title is, but that gives you like the gist of it. Uh, And so it was just really, really, really tone deaf. (laughs) And, um, this conversation around weight loss, fat loss, body composition change, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I noticed in the episode with Lucia, I kept calling it composition change because I wasn't comfortable saying weight loss because it's such like Mm. a, it's a black and white conversation. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't desire to lose weight because that means we're giving it to diet culture. We're giving it to patriarchy. We're giving it to racist beauty norms, etc. And so we kind of judge ourselves for even wanting that. And we were talking about that before we hit record. Like, I wonder how many people actually listened to that episode because they saw that it was about weight loss and they're like, fuck you all, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we feel guilty for desiring that. And again, I would encourage people to go listen to that episode because we really, we talk about that. We talk a lot about how to unpack if it's an external motivator or an internal motivator and what that can look like for you. So that was a really long answer to that kind of intuitive fasting. I think the book is probably really harmful, really tone deaf, really not a great thing, but I don't think we should throw the concept of fasting out. Mm -hmm. And I also had this conversation with um, a woman that I really, really respect and when I told her, I was like, I like, I'm struggling with this thing because I do think of fasting as intuitive. Like I just explained and she's like, but that's not intuitive fasting. That's just intuitive eating, right? You're, you're eating it's during these, you know, this time, but intuitive fasting doesn't actually make sense. So I think mm-hmm. it's just, we can get kind of lost in the language. So anyway, those are, that's my food for thought. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> um. <laughs> See what it did there. <laughs> unintentionally (laughs) um wow yeah that is um I imagine it will be very harmful as well and and I think like mass-produced I feel like that's a mass-produced thing um like a big business like goop yeah is is usually I feel like it tends to miss the the like the soul of the conversation you know it's just like let's just talk about the action steps and, you know, it's like, if you don't have the, like so much of that conversation with Lucia that I really, I really found powerful. There's actually something that y'all said, and I'm, I'm going to go on a side tangent here, big shock. Um, there was something that y'all said about, it was like the emotional, the stories that we're telling ourselves, right? And something that came up for me around fat loss, when I lost the hundred pounds, um, the first time, the second time it was like, 50 or 60. But when I lost hundred pounds and then I w- entered into my twenties in this like new body basically. And I picked up a lot of really damaging behaviors that caused a lot of trauma on my body. 
And so I, what I had this aha moment of, oh, I don't trust myself in a thin body. Interesting. Yeah. It was huge. Um, yeah, you were like, oh, that, that was like huge for me. And I, I, you were saying something like I got a little teary eyed and I'm over here like, I'm a little teary eyed too, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, you know, what she, she helps people look at, I feel like the, the depth and the soul of the, you know, the connections, the stories that we're telling ourselves. Right. And, and when, when you miss that part in, in like doing something big, like losing fat or whatever, then it can be so draining. It's just the, like Mm -hmm. going through the motions, doing the thing. And then, like she said, you get to that point where, you know, you've reached the like place that you are and then there's still no joy there. Yeah. Because you haven't done the internal work. Yeah. And I think that's a lie that we're sold. It's like thin, fair skinned, blue eyed people are happier. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not true. It's Mm -hmm. just not true. And so we've linked, you know, body size, not only with what health should look like, but also with what happiness and freedom looks like. And there are some certain freedoms that come with being in a smaller body. And this is not advocating for this, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easier to find clothes and it's easier to do that. But like, that's just where society is failing. Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean those people are actually happier, especially when you don't do that internal work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was, there was something else that she was talking about, like moving through the world in a, in a body with fat, like in a fat body. And it's, it can be so challenging because, and this takes me back to an episode we did with Sasha Lakin, where she's talking Mm -hmm. about teaching yoga and teaching people to like, you know, be able to maneuver their bodies in, in these postures that like, Mm -hmm. you know, thin yoga teachers, which is kind of the the standard for Western yoga culture, don't know how to tell us how to move our bodies. Yeah. You know, like, what do I do with my belly? What do I do with my boobs? (laughs) You know? And so the go-to is, well, I need to get rid of them so I can do these postures. So I can do this practice. So I can do all the things that I want to do. And it's like, not when I'm thin, I can do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just listened to um, the Unladylike podcast and they had, they were doing a rebroadcast, a, an interview with Jessamine. Mm. I don't remember Jessamine's last name. Stanley. But Stanley. Okay. So if, for those of you that don't follow her, she does yoga on, on Instagram and she's amazing. And um, she was talking about something really similar about like how like child's pose, for example, is not comfortable if you're in a bigger body. Hell and no, so she's it's like, not. let me show you how to like, you like walk, we do a wide legs child pose, like walk your knees mm-hmm. out, like give your boobs and your belly someplace to go. And it was just really interesting hearing that like a lot of classes don't necessarily feel safe for people who are moving in bigger bodies or don't have the same mobility. Like we need to make sure that this is like a welcoming space mm-hmm. or being inclusive and yeah, it's just really interesting to think about. Yeah. Well, and to make it a welcoming space, you have to do the work to understand, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, yeah, I love, oh my God, I love Jasmine. Jasmine was like, I think the first person I found doing the postures that I wanted to do 
and a body that's bigger than mine. So it was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's totally attainable. Yeah. You know, and her work, God, her work is so powerful. If you have a chance yeah. to like listen to an interview with her, definitely do. Cause it is, and she just drops so many knowledge bombs. <laughs> she does. She's yeah. hilarious too. Uh-huh, She's she really, is. really funny. That interview mm-hmm. with and lady like is great. Maybe we can link to that in the show notes. It was really quite hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Oh man. Yeah. But I, I like that going back to what you're talking about, like the stories we tell ourselves. And I think that that is, that is really, really important work to do when you're approaching really anything. Like we, we put these milestone markers. Like if I'm in this kind of body, if I get the job, if I get the house, if I make the money, if I, you know, all these things that we are told that we need to do to live a fulfilled life, and you make it and you're like, cool, I bought the house. I'm still unhappy or I'm not, don't feel fulfilled. Okay. Well, I had kids still not there. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't working on those internal stories, if we don't feel safe enough to talk about, you know, what, you know, safe enough, so we talk about like what's safe enough to talk about body weight or safe enough to talk about the fact that parenthood is really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. If we're always just kind of lying to ourselves and thinking like something's wrong with us for wanting different things, we're never going to reach that point. Mm hmm. So absolutely. I was listening to Rachel Rogers podcast and, and she was interviewing this woman who um, like at some point her company tanked and she was like seventy five thousand dollars in debt. And like within Ooh. a couple of years, she was she flipped her company to be um, making seven figures. And they were talking about the the nature of of loss and how it can teach you about your your worth as a person because your worth as a person is so much more valuable than your net worth. And like Mm. when you put so much emphasis on your net worth or whatever that, you know, that number is that value that you're like trying to attain, but you don't have the, like the soulful understanding of who you are and what you bring to the world, then that number doesn't mean shit. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So many things to think about this week. So many things. Just like put me into like a little like thought space. Contemplate my coffee. Space. Yes. Mm. Mm. My coffee's yeah. almost gone. Wait, Got my, I know I was going to say my coffee's almost gone too. It's like, dang it. That's our, that's the cue. That's the cue. Coffee <laughs> date's almost over. <laughs> oh man. Well, I look forward to our next one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If y'all haven't we... listened to, if you haven't listened to the episodes with Seisha, please go do that. And with Lucia, go do that. We'll link those in the show notes. Yeah. They're really awesome interviews. And we have some really fun interviews coming up shoot we sure do i love this job. i am like really <laughs> excited we we sharon and i again in our wednesday morning meetings mm-hmm. sat down and planned out the next several months and filled it with like some really badass people i'm very pumped for what's to come so make sure that you are subscribing and then if it would be so helpful if you would rate and review the podcast as well because that helps us get into other people's little earbuds Absolutely. Yeah. Just to give you an idea, like I think the flow from here on out is you'll hear an interview from Liz and an interview from me, and then we'll meet up and have coffee and chat about it. So that's where you can leave us voicemails because we are going to incorporate those. And so tell us what you think about these amazing humans that we have the like honor to bring on this show and talk to them about the gifts that they're bringing to the world. So, so good. Mm -hmm. Okay, friend. 
I think it's time for me to go make a fresh pot of coffee. Same oh, Feed the dog that is like being like, hey, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you. Yeah. Yes. It's so hard to be a dog because you're always starving. You're always um, hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, till next week. Till next week. <laughs> See y'all later.